Hello and welcome to the Naptown Scoop Show. Today, we have a very special guest. Who's that, Ryan? Today, I have the honor of interviewing the voice of the Naptown Scoop Show himself, Mr. Phil Vendemia. So if you wouldn't mind walking over to the guest chair, we can get started. Very excited to be here. Let's get to it. All right, so let's get into some Phil story. Um, first question is, now you're a yoga instructor mm-hmm. and studio owner, but you've also been a music teacher, a performer. What jobs have you had? Well, I think it's important to recognize that I worked at McDonald's for a long time in high school. And <laughs> every long time, how long? From the age of 15 until 19 or 20, because I came back during my summer breaks from college. And, and why McDonald's? It was where my parents said you should go work when I was a young kid. And then when I came back, it was a privately owned McDonald's, a franchise McDonald's. And I liked the owner and his family. And it was a nice little place to work. But I tell you, I feel like I want to send my kids to work in fast food because they'll appreciate any other job they have for the rest of their lives. Why do you say that? Because you stink when you leave. You can't go anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard work. You have to be very fast. You learn how to multitask. And nobody's grateful. Like if you're a server at a a very nice restaurant, I bet you most people are probably pleasant. Well, I think those generalizations can be tough. I I bet you we could get a server from Lunas's and they could tell us horror stories of people when they have too much to drink. Just go read the reviews. Yeah, there's (laughs) some pretty nasty reviews out there. Exactly. That's interesting. So you were there for four or five years. Yeah. What did you start doing there? I started on fries, of course. I went into the drive-thru. Someone that came through the drive-thru said, who is that man with that sexy voice? I'm not at all (laughs) surprised by that. I say this all the time. I hear the recordings of the podcast and I'm like, man, I wish I sounded like Phil. So I always make you go first whenever we're reading something. I'm like, Phil's going first because Phil needs to be the first voice heard. (laughs) <laughs> so, okay, so we did fries, we did drive through Then you go back and you learn the grill. The grill consists of you know, learning how to do the pancakes at breakfast and then learning how to do Very the Very important the job. Of course. I think now they just throw them in the microwave, but at that point you had to learn how to do the mix and you had to really watch the pancakes so they didn't burn. Who knows what it's like now, but that's what it was like in the 90s. So as a former McDonald's pancake chef <laughs> and now dad... Yeah. Do you make excellent pancakes? I make the best pancakes. I would be willing to have a pancake (laughs) off with you and challenge you. And we're going to let the toughest critics that I can think of be the judges. Oh, who's that? Your children. Oh, well, that's going to be tough. Because they're going to be biased, too. Sure, but you think they'd be biased in my direction. I think that... No, I think they'd be biased in your direction, yeah. You think they would be influenced by like the new novel thing listen there's a celebrity that comes over to my house every once in a while and his name is scoop <laughs> and, <laughs> that and, is and, true your son loves to say scoop yes uh, and, you and, were introduced as ryan but he but ever since he saw that instagram video that we did he's like scoop there's scoop or before we do that i gotta watch the youtube videos he always tells me to watch <laughs> the unspeakable videos yes i love your kids i absolutely love your kids all right pancake off it's gonna happen what were you like in high school? Were you were you like Phil now? I think it was very immature in high school. I don't think I really found my way until I started having to interview for jobs in college. And then I realized the way that people would react to things that I said, and I understood what it meant to be a really good worker in retail, because that's what I did all through college when I was in Boston. But what kind I, of retail? 
everything. I did uh, clothing. There used to be a shop called Claiborne for men, Liz Claiborne, but it was the mm-hmm. men's shop. Yeah. I used to sell cigars, and that was a great job because it was just me and the owner. I was his only employee, and he loved me, and I loved working for him, and it was really a, a great experience understanding how to own a business. I worked at this place called Kiasso that sold artistic little trinkets. I worked at Brookstone. That was the first one I worked at. You worked at Brookstone? I worked at Brookstone, and I sold one of those chairs, and I sold one of those mattresses. No way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Growing up, Brookstone was like my favorite catalog to get because I'd just look through all the fun stuff that they had. That's yes. awesome that you worked there. <laughs> so you're in college in Boston, right? Mm-hmm. For what? For music education. I had to get in by playing the piano. You had to pick a principal instrument that was piano. And then you choose a major in your sophomore year, and I chose education, mainly because I wanted to make sure I had a job when I got out of college. What would the alternative majors have been that might have been a little bit harder to have a job? Yeah, uh, music performance, where you basically get out and you can play your instrument extraordinarily well. We had Craig Keir on the podcast, and he said that he was a vocal accompanist major. To be a vocal accompanist major, you have to play the piano really well, but to be a performance major, you have to be the best of the best, especially if you really want to make a living doing it. Another major that was very popular at Berkeley was music production and engineering kind of doing what Evan knows how to do best. You would learn how to work in studios, you'd learn how to go and do live events, Surely that would be fairly easy to get a job in, right? In the 90s, yeah. But you'd have to go live in New York. You'd have to go live in L.A. uh, or stay in Boston, big city. And And you didn't want to do that. There was just something pulling me back here. I really loved my family. I wanted to be around my family. You know, and you talk to people who just leave their hometown after college and they never go back. And that just seems to be their path. And there was something always about Annapolis that, that brought me back here. Now we graduate, music education, 1999, moved back to Annapolis. Yeah. What's next? So I start at Severna Park High School, and I'm the choral director. How old are you? I'm 20, 22 years old. How was the reception? Well, the reception was not as good because I, I didn't really know how to handle it all. I did feel like the guitar and piano kids really appreciated my talent and they appreciated what I had to offer. The choir kids, they had been through a rough year. There was this one teacher that had left after a year. She couldn't handle what was going on in the Severna Park community. The Severna Park community is a very interesting place to teach because you won't have a lot of behavioral problems, but you'll have a lot of opinions from the parents and you'll have a lot of parent-teacher meetings as opposed to when i worked at marley middle school hardly any parent teacher conferences but but big behavior problems yes and you never know and a community is always changing what i found is that as a 22 year old teacher they ate me alive knowing what's happening in the county now with uh, so many positions that are open thinking about how much teachers make and i'm not sure if you're aware of this but there were years i was in the county for 11 years and there were certain years where we just didn't get our raise. The first couple of years, I did 3% raise. And 3% isn't much, but it's the cost of living. And you are happy with that. But then the year you don't get that, it's a little rough. I'm not one of those people that says teachers should be paid like CEOs. That's mm-hmm. unsustainable. We can't pay every teacher millions and millions of dollars. But something's got to change for sure. Because these are adults, the teachers, the mentors that are raising up those next CEOs. 
and it's not always about CEOs and astronauts. It's about everyone. Probably not inaccurate to say that they are one of the foundations of any country, right? Sure. We all have one to six or seven teachers that were just inspirational. How many do you have? From I, high school only. I'd say two that I can think of right away. But one that pivoted my life, I wouldn't be sitting here right now if it wasn't for him. I have two I can think of. Tell me I, your story. Tell me about him or her. Mrs. Yerish at the Math Catholic High School, the best ever math teacher. I transferred in. I had been thinking I was a hotshot because I'd been in advanced math in public school. And everywhere I went, I was always smart. Not at the math. I came in, I was two years behind in math. Then junior year, I took pre-calculus and I had to meet with Mrs. Yerish basically every day after class to relearn my algebra two that I took in eighth grade. She just, she met with me every day after school. And then I went on to become a mechanical engineer. Without her, I don't know what I would have done. And what was her incentive for doing that? Did she get overtime for working with no, you? No, she got no. nothing out of it. She got one thank you note. She gets the satisfaction of thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Like she's a legend at the high school. For sure. So who's yours? There's a guy named Joe Caliano. And when I was a freshman in high school, I liked soccer a lot more than I liked music. I didn't want to be in the band after school because JV soccer took place after school in the fall. So I just stopped going. I didn't tell him that I quit the band. Classic high school move. Yeah. And he came running to my locker one day. He said, why haven't you been coming to band practice? And I said, well, I'm playing soccer and the times conflict and I really want to be on the starting line. He said, don't worry about that. Soccer's over in what? Early November? The band goes all year and you're a really good piano player and you should be playing in the band. And I said, okay, well, you're okay if I just make the rehearsals I can make? He's like, absolutely. I'll work with you to make sure that you're prepared when we have the big rehearsals. But if he hadn't done that, I wouldn't have been involved in the music program. And ultimately, I wouldn't have been able to develop my piano skills to get into college. Even though I'm doing less with music right now, to have those 11 years as a professional musician doing all the things I was doing, you I have no regrets. trade it for anything. I wouldn't trade it for anything. All because he ran to your locker that day. Exactly, yeah. Because he cared enough to do that, and my teacher cared enough to meet me every day after school. Where does that take us now? What, what year are we in? 2010? Yeah. So we're in 2009. It was a really sweet deal that I had for six years, where I was working part-time at South River High School and part-time at Severn School. Eventually, the South River schedule did change. I wasn't able to keep both jobs, so I ended up at Lindale Middle School. General music position, back to very little appreciation, just not a fun position. After that really inspiring six years, I had developed the piano curriculum for these piano classes at Severn School and just really appreciative kids. So I'm, I'm at Lindale Middle School. I have to drive down Aviation Boulevard every morning and I don't want to go to the school. Every morning I just wanted to take a left and go to the BWI instead of a right and head to that middle school. I always headed right where would you have gone if you went to VWI? Any, like flying to Cancun or something just to get out? Anywhere, man, because I couldn't stand the job. I don't remember the principal's name, but he was not very inspiring. And the teachers were not very inspiring. Being there in the faculty lunch area was just depressing. How long did you last? I lasted there a year. I had applied for this position and was for a piano position. Piano was my main instrument. 
and they ended up giving it to this guy who was 30 years my senior, not politically correct. He was calling Asian kids in the classroom Orientals, and his main instrument was guitar. There's no way that he would have interviewed better than me. The interview that I had went very well. The only reason he got it was seniority. At that point, we were three years into the yoga business, and that's when I drove down Aviation Boulevard and went the opposite way. To BWI? <laughs> to BWI, yeah. <laughs> now a word from our sponsor. We'll be right back. Hey, Ryan, you're the Annapolis expert. I don't know about that, but what's up? Where's the best place to watch a Ravens game? Well, the best place is M&T Bank Stadium, but the best place in Annapolis is actually in Severna Park. Really? Where's that? Romulo's Restaurant and Bar. Oh, yeah? Tell me more. Well, first of all, Romulo's has amazing food, way better than anything you find at a sports bar. What do you get when you're there? Definitely pizza, and the gyros are awesome. You mean the gyros? No, 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 the gyros are awesome. I think it's gyros. Anyway, Chris, the owner, tells me the wings are amazing. I haven't had them yet, but I'm going to try them this Sunday while I watch the Eagles game. Ah, I'm a Ravens fan. Well, Romulo's has NFL ticket, so you can watch literally any game you want. That's great for tracking your fantasy teams. Sure is. And the prices are so much better than going to the stadium. Romulo's has $14 beer buckets. That's five Bud Lights. What about craft beer? Absolutely. And Romulo's offers $10 pizzas and wing platters for just 13 bucks. And the parking is probably easy and free because we're not at the stadium. Yes, it is. Want to go to Romulo's this Sunday? Okay, I'm there. 478 Ritchie Highway in the heart of Severna Park. Yep, first beer's on me. Oh, man, so generous. You're buying the pizza. <laughs> I'll see you there at Romulo's this Sunday. Did you go somewhere? That day, yeah. Wait, um, you did actually what everybody's always dreamed about doing. You went to the airport <laughs> without a ticket, and you went somewhere. Yes. Where did you go? San Francisco. Just for the hell of it. Just for the hell of it. Rented a car and then drove down the Pacific Coast Highway. This is like your vagabond story. <laughs> you did it. I did it. How long were you gone? About two and a half weeks. How was that time? That time was great. For anyone that enjoys nice drives, if you've never done the Pacific Coast Highway, it is the third best drive I've ever done in my life. We ended up down in LA and then flew out of LA. What's one and two? So number one would be the drive from Antibes in the south of France down to Positano in Italy. Mm -hmm. And you're driving along the Mediterranean, which I just did this past summer. Sounds magnificent. It was the most magnificent drive I've ever taken. The second best drive, which Evan would know very well, is from Denver to Basalt, which is right outside of Aspen. Denver, that's a pretty good drive. Have you done the Sea to Sky Highway, Vancouver to Whistler? No. That is absolutely epic. So remind me, where is Whistler in relation to Vancouver, north or south? It's like two hours north. Okay. Maybe a little, a little tiny bit northwest. Okay. And you're just driving on these amazing riverways. Just mountains are rising on your left, and then the Pacific Ocean is on your left for a little while, but then it turns into islands, and there's amazing evergreen trees that have been there for who knows how long. It's pretty special. So, okay, by the time you took your vagabond trip, you'd been in the <laughs> yoga business for three years. How long had you been practicing yoga? Since 05, late 05 into 06. What got you into yoga? I was playing a ton of soccer at Myers Pavilion. You get into these 18 and over leagues. So I played once or twice a week. And in my late 20s, I started feeling that my joints were not healing or just not feeling as good when I woke up in the morning. I feel like a lot of people figure that out when they're playing sports like that. 
Yeah, it's rude awakening number one. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you start Googling, what can I do to help this? Exactly. And you land on yoga. Yeah, so Bikram Yoga in Crofton which is not the same space where our current yoga space in Crofton is now. I go in and I take a class and ended up taking a couple and that's where I met my ex-wife. How long from meeting till married? We met and had our first date March 17, St. Patrick's Day, 2006 and got married June 17, 2008. So we owned the business together before we got married. Oh, wow, that's bold. Okay, how do we go from <laughs> I play soccer and my joints hurt to now I do yoga, to now I own a yoga studio. And actually, now I own several. So she had a yearning to go to training from the moment I met her. So we dated for three weeks. She goes out to LA, which is where the, her training was, for nine weeks. And we stay tight over that time. We don't know if anything's going to come of it. But when she came back to Maryland, we continued to be tight. And she was working at that studio, the old studio in Crofton. So in 2007, November... 2007 is when we opened the first location in Severna Park. And, and your first day doing yoga was late March? Two, late two. 2005. That's pretty awesome. It's a quick turnaround. Yeah. Now, remember, I'm not teaching. I'm doing the books. I'm doing a lot of yeah. customer service stuff, things She's like that. She's teaching. She was teaching. And you obviously hire other teachers, right? Yeah. So when do you start teaching? I start teaching in 2010 because after the Vagabond trip, turns out that the Bikram yoga training was in San Diego. So I drove from here all the way out to San Diego and spent nine weeks out there and came back and I was the yoga teacher. Was that a solo trip? Solo road trip? It's a solo road trip. It's I, a long, uh, lonely drive. It, I tell you what, it was the best thing ever. I love my alone time. That experience of driving all that time, I remember having these long three-hour conversations with my mother, other conversations with friends. It was great. All right, so we start the yoga business, 2007. Seven. Never doing yoga, so now I do yoga. Now I teach yoga. Now I have studios, and I want to have four of them. <laughs> well, Or maybe you never had four at one time. but We did. We did have four at one time. A lot of it is just throwing darts. And I'm not a business person by training. I, you know, my degree is in music education. And when I talk to people with great business training or, or accountancy backgrounds, they always ask these questions. And it seems to me that while you can study a ton, there's still some magic in just throwing the darts. You never know what's going to stick. So... We you talk to the right guy for that. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So we opened in 07. Things are going well in Severna Park, but we realize we're getting a lot of people from Annapolis. So in 09, we opened in Annapolis. Where were you then? The Gardner Center on Forest Drive. We were actually there for 10 years. So we realized that we're getting some people from Crofton in Annapolis and the Severna Park Studios. So in 2011, we open in Crofton. And when we open in Crofton, things are going well. At the same time, Bikram Yoga was starting to lose its mystique, its popularity. For, for the uninitiated, aka me, what is Bikram Yoga? Bikram Yoga is always in a hot room. It used to only be 90 minutes. Now we have 60-minute versions, 75-minute versions of the class. I'll go 60 to start. Perfect. So it's important to know that until 2015, we only did Bikram Yoga. Uh, and were, were your studios always called Yoga Factory? No, they were called Bikram Yoga Severna Park okay, or Bikram Yoga Annapolis, Bikram Yoga Crofton. Arguably 2013, some would say more 2014, Bikram is a man who got into a lot of trouble 
for sexual harassment and all kinds of issues. And there are very intelligent reporters who learn how to ask him the questions that would make him seem like a complete buffoon. And in some ways he is a complete buffoon, but he did create this yoga system that is amazing and has changed lives. We never gave Bikram a percentage of the sales. Everyone has to pay him a lot of money to go to training, but after that, when you open up a business You're, and you can use you his name... You are free from him. Exactly. How bad and, of a guy? I mean, I'm, I'm going to look it up after, obviously, but like, what did yeah. he do? Well... You said sexual harassment. That's bad. Yes. What I said earlier was that one of his worst qualities is that he can't keep his mouth shut. He always thought of himself as a godlike figure. And he would sometimes even say, there's Jesus Christ and there's me. And in this one interview, he tells this woman, I would not rape any women. There's no reason for me to rape any woman. They all want me. They would pay a million dollars for a one drop of my sperm. Wow, so um, this guy really is walking around just thinking he's God. Exactly. I bet he has no friends. Or if he had no <laughs> friends. Like, you imagine, like... You think your friends are annoying who have big heads now, but nowhere near that. That's just like, it's laughable. That's, that's crazy. In life, I've found that you see people and you think, wow, I want to emulate her behavior. I want to emulate his behavior. And other people you see and you, and you think, I want to do exactly the opposite of what he's doing or what she's doing. And at 45 years of age, I think this has been one of my great life lessons to really understand that. So a lot of what Bikram has done in his business, I've done the opposite. And, and you have successful yoga businesses. Exactly. Imagine that. <laughs> in 2015, we opened Annapolis Power Yoga right down the street from Bikram Yoga Annapolis. And the idea was that we would do everything not Bikram Yoga. That did very well. And in 2019, we combined the two. So that's why we only have one space at Annapolis. And we have two rooms. And so we when do. did it become Yoga Factory? It became Yoga Factory around 2015 or 16. And that's before the sperm quote came out. <laughs> it, so you were but, ahead of the curve to distance yourself. Yes. You could see the writing on the wall. <laughs> there are still a handful of studios that call themselves Bikram Yoga and the name of the town. But we're not one of them. And we offer all kinds of different types of yoga. We have that hot class, which since COVID, the Bikram numbers are way up. I don't know if people have just forgotten who he is, don't even know he's a person. Or don't care. Or just don't care. I didn't know he was a person. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> I always thought it was bike ram, honestly. <laughs> which is, I know it sounds like the dumbest thing ever and it would never be called that. You're a very healthy guy. You're 45 years old. You, you look great. You're thin. You're very, very flexible. I've seen crazy <laughs> pictures of you. What is your most off-the-wall health belief? Well, it was a little off-the-wall seven, eight years ago, but I've been doing the intermittent fasting since 2017. Right now, I'm in day 21 of no shorter than 16 hours fast. Some days, I'm fasting for 19 or 20 hours. I have never seen you eat. Anything. <laughs> we ate at Ramelos. And we ate a ton oh, of Ramelos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I've seen you eat once. But we've been friends for several months now. And that's all I've seen you eat once. Yeah, I, I like coffee in the morning. That can be part of your fast. I find that it not only helps me with digestion, it also helps me cognitively. I have these very large salads. Uh, a Tupperware 
full of greens and it's usually about 16 ounces about a pound of, of of vegetables and i do that almost every day with the thought of increasing the percentage of my overall consumption to be plant-based but, but i, I eat, see you I, eat meat you eat meat I eat, totally I eat everything I, I eat everything and i love all kinds of foods but i feel like i can justify it more if i do the fasting and i'm eating a ton of vegetables so you were fasting before it was cool so now <laughs> not really off the wall this is probably going to take too long, so I'm going to make you follow my rule. Brevity is king. <laughs> this is the machine yogi wants to know, why do you think your yoga community is so strong and growing? And I'm going to give you three sentences to answer it. Okay. I have an idea of why it is, and I don't necessarily want to share it. We can I, share it off the air. Yep. But if you had to... Okay, so now... Uh, that's now one, that's have, one sentence. One, you don't want to share. That's okay. Yeah. Number two, I would say it's only 10% me. And it's 90% the teachers and the community. And three, kindness will take you so far. And I'm not sure that is incredibly obvious to every business owner. I don't think it is. And it should be but it's not great three senses. I can't wait to hear what the first one is off the air. Um, what's something you want people to know, but you don't think they do about you? Uh, hmm. I don't know. I'm pretty transparent in the yoga room. I talk a lot about my own experiences, my own conflicts in life and how I'm, I'm, I try to do the right thing, but often it comes off the wrong way. And oftentimes I figure out through a yoga practice how to be a better person, how to handle things in a better way. And it's great that we can edit this out. You know, my, my ex has this big Instagram presence and I don't follow her on Instagram, but it just seems that a lot of people feel like if they talk to her, they, I would be angry about that. Or if they go and they practice at her studio, her studio is called True Moon Yoga. It only benefits my children if True Moon Yoga is a success. They started in 2019, and people think that we're competitors, but they're in Arnold and I'm in Annapolis. Maybe we're competitors, I don't know. But if that business does well, then the owner of the business, my ex-wife, the mother of my children, will be happy, happier, healthier, and less stressed, which makes my kids' lives wonderful. And it makes me sad now, especially being three years removed, that some people don't want to tell me that they've been to class there. And they really appreciated her as an instructor when she was with Yoga Factory. In the divorce, I was able to get the studios outright. She's a fabulous teacher and a, and a good person. It, it reminds me of that song, uh, there ain't no bad guy, there ain't no good guy, it's just you and me and we just disagree. It's something that I wish more people knew. I'm not going to use my social media to say that. It's obviously not something I would bring up in a yoga class. Well, when you said that, you almost just made tonight the first time that somebody cried in the Naptown Scoop podcast studio <laughs> because that is unconditional love for your kids. Just hearing that, if that studio does well, then that's great for my kids. And I just saw that in what you were saying, and it was really, really cool. Oh, well, thank you. So yeah. um, it is fun to watch you be a parent. 
I like watching my friends be parents. <laughs> Final question. If you could have an unlimited free food card, downtown Annapolis, or any Annapolis restaurant, it could be anywhere, it doesn't have to be downtown, where's your unlimited free food card? I'm going to say Tsunami. Because Sailor Oyster Bar would have been a number one, but they are not open. So right now, I'd have to say Tsunami. We'll let you change your free food card when they open again. That sounds good. I've found that throughout the years, Tsunami is always consistent. Their sushi is the best. I know people prefer Joss, but I would say that Tsunami Sushi is the best. They have great cocktails, fun cocktails. They have really good entrees if you want to have entrees. Their fried rice is great. I would say the only thing about that restaurant that they could improve is the dessert menu. They've had the same three desserts on there forever, and they're not my favorite. But you go somewhere else for dessert. You go to Always Ice Cream for dessert. But Tsunami, the staff there, the vibe there, you can eat outside, you can eat inside, and the food is always great. That curry soup is just fantastic. The tuna lollipops are fantastic. And this is not something you can find at every place in Annapolis. Love it. All right. Thanks, Phil. I hope that you had as much fun as I had sitting in that chair because I had a blast interviewing you tonight. I can't wait for you to be back in that chair and for us to put someone else interesting in this chair. Can't wait to be interviewing people with you again soon. Yeah, it seems like episode nine is going to have a really special guest. Thank you for listening to the Naptown Scoop Show. Our theme music is Moving On by Seth Walker and our wonderful producer is Mr. Evan McGee. To learn more about Naptown Scoop, go to naptownscoop.com and subscribe to the newsletter. To learn more about Yoga Factory Annapolis, go to yogafactoryannapolis.com and visit one of our locations in Annapolis or Crofton. Thank you for listening to the Naptown Scoop Show. Mm-hmm.